know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What is up? Podcast land, it is your host Jam and Joe of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball, some Atlanta Falcons preseason football, and some University of Georgia Bulldog football to round out the show. But before we get into the sports conversation this week on episode 241 of the Fan for All Seasons podcast, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more from Georgia Smoke. So, as I said, guys, we're going to get things going here with some Atlanta Braves baseball. And so yesterday was really, really cool. I got to go to the Battery on a non-Braves game day. And I hung out with the men, the myth, the legend, RG3, my co-host and partner. And I also got to hang out with frequent guest and contributor, a jack-of-all-trades, Mr. Tom Green, we hung out yesterday at a restaurant slash bar in the Battery and took in the Braves game one of the doubleheader. And so that was awesome to get to hang out with those two yesterday. We just shot the breeze and talked about baseball and the Braves. And, you know, we, we also mixed in some Falcons and some uh, and some college football as well. So it's, it's, always, good to, it's always good to see those two. Always good to you know break bread and uh, just just hang out with two of with two of my closest friends and two guys that have been very influential in this podcast. So shout out to my boys RG3 and Nostra Thomas, aka Tom Green. So when we left you on the podcast last week, the Braves were in the middle of a three-game city road trip. They were getting ready to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are a much improved offense thanks to one guy in general. Key Brian Hayes. Key Brian Hayes is a dude for the Pirates. He really made life difficult on the Braves this past week. When going to Pittsburgh, as I said, is one of the prettiest stadiums in all Major League Baseball. It's a really and the Braves and the Braves had a tough time over in Pittsburgh. They do. I don't know what it is about about that stadium, but the Braves have trouble out there. But uh, yeah, I was really impressed with Key Brian Hayes. He's a really nice player for the Pirates. The Pirates are an improved offense, you know, with rookie Henry Davis, who I found out is exclusively an outfielder now, as I told you. He was drafted as a catcher. I found out during the broadcast this week that Davis was injured a lot at AAA, so he was making the move from catcher to the outfield. So that's the lowdown on the Pittsburgh Pirates. As I said, a much improved team. The Braves were fortunate to split the two games. Obviously, you want the Braves you know, to win that series against Pittsburgh, but you, you got to give the Pirates credit. The Pirates are an improved team. So now back to the current state of the Braves. The Braves find themselves with one more game left on this brutal three-city road trip. The Braves are part of ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball tonight against the Little Brother in Queens, New York. The Braves have done major damage against the Little Brother this weekend in the first three games. The Braves offensively have outscored the Little Brother 34 to 3. It truly is an incredible stat to know that the Braves have done so much damage against the Little Brother offensively. 
What and one of those guys who has made a made a major impact and a major key cog for the Braves offensively has been one Matt Olson. Matt Olson had a heck of a day yesterday in Game One of the doubleheader. Olson smashed his 41st and 42nd home runs respectively. He now has 105 RBIs. Matt Olson is now the leader in Major League Baseball in home runs and in RBIs. Matt Olson is having an incredible season. He, he's truly been everything that the Braves could have hoped for in year two. I expected him to have a big year. I didn't think he was going to be the lead leader in home runs and RBIs. He, he's, he's having a great year. And I just absolutely love watching Matt Olson play. And like I've said before on pods, I think Matt Olson moving to the four hole has been the best thing for him. Moving Ozzy to the two hole has been big for Ozzy Albies. I want to make mention of one more thing about Matt Olson really quick. Olson is nine home runs away from tying the great Andrew Jones, who hit 51 home runs way, way back in 2005 for the Atlanta Braves. That is a career year for the Braves, and I think Olsen is going to break it. I truly believe that. We're, we're just in mid-August. Like I said, Matt Olson is having a heck of a year, and I, I couldn't be happier for Matt. He's having a great year for the Atlanta Braves. Continuing with the Braves conversation here, one another Brave in particular that stood out to me in Game 1 of the Braves' 21-3 beatdown of the little brother is Nicky Lopez. Lopez is playing shortstop in Game 1 of the doubleheader. And as I mentioned last week on the last week on the show, Nicky Lopez is more of a glove guy. Think of a Paul Yonish. Think of a uh, Omar Infante, Emilio Bonifacio type. He can really, really run. He he brings a lot of gloves to the yard because he can play a lot of different positions. Nicky Lopez smashed a three-run homer late in the game for the Braves. His first home run as an Atlanta Brave, as I mentioned last week, his statistics, he was batting 213. He scored 13 runs. He, he's a fast guy, but I was happy to see Nicky Lopez get on the board as far as hitting home runs for the Atlanta Braves. Some other Braves who did major damage in the 21-3 beatdown of the little brother include Austin Riley hitting his 28th home run and Sean Murphy smashing his 19th home run for for the Atlanta Braves in their epic beatdown in game one of the doubleheader against the little brother. On the mound for the Braves in game one was Mr. Allen Winus, who was making his second start for Atlanta. He pitched well. He pitched seven innings. He allowed four hits. He had nine strikeouts and two walks. I was really impressed with Allen's ability to command pitches for strikes. He did an outstanding job, I thought, the thing, I'll, the other thing that I like about Linus is he's not a guy that's that, not a guy that that is not gonna like overpower you or anything like that. He he does a good job of locating pitches and uh, just giving the Braves a chance to win. I really like Alan Linus. I would like to see more of him. And the Braves have got to figure out this fifth starter spot in the rotation. And so hopefully with that start. Linus was able to make an impression. I know he was sent down to Gwinnett after the game because he was considered the 27th man as a part of the of the expanded roster in game one of the doubleheader against the little brother. So props to you, Alan Winus. Keep doing your thing. Hopefully we see you up in Atlanta for the postseason. 
As far as game two against the little brother, the Braves had Spencer Strider on the hill. So Strider in his last start against Pittsburgh, he only pitched two innings. He he walked he walked a bunch. He he didn't have a really good start against the Pirates last week. Well, against the little brother, Strider pitched six innings. He allowed three hits and struck out six struck out six members of the little brother last night. Ozzy Albies smashed a two-run homer in the ninth inning to put the game on ice for the Braves. So where does Atlanta go from here? As I mentioned, the Braves are on Sunday Night Baseball tonight against the Little Brother on ESPN. And tomorrow night, we'll head home to face another team from New York. That is the New York Yankees. It's It always brings back memories when the Braves and Yankees get together. It makes me think of 1996 in the World Series when we saw baby Andrew Jones smash two home runs in New York in Yankee Stadium in the World Series. And Andrew Jones was a 19-year-old. Who, who did that. It was just truly insane to see a young Andrew Jones go into New York, go into the Bronx Zoo, go into Yankee Stadium, and smash those two home runs for the Braves. The Yankees would ultimately win that World Series. It still, it still like hurts my heart to know that they got that World Series and the Braves didn't. And I mean, if you, if you hear if you hear like great Braves of the past, whether it be Smoltz, Glavin, or Chipper. All, all of them say that the best team in the run of the 14 division titles that they had, the best team that they thought they had, was 96. I mean, you, I mean, just think about who you had. You had Shipper, you had Andrew, you, you had Fred McGriff, I mean, Klesko. And then on the mound, you had the big three. The Braves were absolutely loaded for bear. It, it's just frustrating that the Braves weren't able to get that done way, way back in 1996. Some recent history... For the Braves and Yankees, that brings a smile to my face, is July 2nd, 2018, as the Braves ended up beating the Yankees 5-3. What made this so cool is it was Ronald Acuna Jr.'s rookie year. He smashed he smashed a two-run homer in the 11th inning to give the Braves the lead. The thing about this home run at Yankee Stadium, if you're unaware, Yankee Stadium is a really short porch in right field, and Acuna hit a high ball that looked like Aaron Judge was going to get it. And Aaron Judge is like 6'7", and just built like a freakazoid. And Judge jumped as high as he could, and the ball just scraped over his glove. Acuna Jr., I remember, was so pumped running around the bases, and the Braves ultimately took care of business against the Yankees that night. And after Acuna hit that home run against the Yankees back in 18, I was like, okay, there's something different about this Ronald Acuna Jr. guy. And look at him now. He's got over 53 stolen bases and is arguably the MVP in the National League. And in my opinion, the best player in Major League Baseball. No doubt about it. So it'll be always good to see these two classic franchises, these two historic franchises like the Braves and Yankees getting together next week at Truist Park. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of energy. I know the Yankees aren't very good right now. I know there's a lot of drama going on with Aaron Boone. I know Judge has been kind of up and down as far as the Yankees go with injuries and stuff, but it's always good when the Braves and Yankees get together. I know I'll be looking forward to that this week. After the Yankees series, the Braves continue this homestand with the San Francisco Giants coming to Atlanta as a part of Braves Alumni Weekend. So that is gonna do it for our Atlanta Braves part of the show. We're gonna jump to some football now. We're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons. And so Friday night, I'm all excited and I'm thinking, 
Okay, the Braves are in New York. I got that. I got that on the TV, and I got the Falcons game on my phone, and it was a multi-screen experience night. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're gonna see Desmond Ritter. We're gonna see Bijan Robinson. You know, for a series or two. You know, nothing crazy. And much to my disappointment, and much to a lot of Falcon fans' disappointments, we did not see Desmond Ritter and the offensive starters. Instead, we saw former Toledo Rocket Logan Woodside at quarterback. Which, once I found out Woodside was playing the whole game, I was like, okay, I am not near as excited about this Falcon game as I thought I was going to be. I mean, I knew Woodside was probably going to play. I didn't expect him to play the whole game. And I get what Arthur Smith and the Dirty Birds are thinking here. I'm just not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of having your backup quarterback who is barely trying to survive on the roster start week one of the preseason. That's kind of stupid. If, if you want to do that in week three of the preseason, be my guest. But not week one. That's ridiculous. As a Falcon fan, I feel like we need to see Ritter get as many reps as possible. Now, I'm not saying I want to see... Or I wanted to see a ton of Ritter Friday night, but a little Desmond Ritter, a little Bijan Robinson would have been really nice to see. Once Logan Woodside and the and the uh, the second and third string guys were playing for the Falcons in that game, I slowly but surely was not as interested in the Falcon game. I get it's preseason football. I get you're not really going to learn a lot, but I would have wanted to see a little bit of Ritter, a little bit of Bijan, a little bit of the offensive starters. I know they had a joint practice last week against the Dolphins, but I mean, I'm just going to say it. I was really bummed out. Or when I saw Woodside taking snaps, they said on the broadcast that Woodside was going to be the starting quarterback, was going to play the whole game. I was like, well, all of a sudden, my interest in this Falcon game is not near what I thought it was going to be. Defensively, I will say this the backup played well. They looked opportunistic, they flew around. They made plays. One rookie that made a play that stood out to me was Zach Harrison, the rookie out of Ohio State. He had a tackle for loss for the Atlanta Falcons. This was very encouraging indeed. And then uh, DeMarco Hellmans, the uh, six-round pick, the DB out of Alabama. He, he had an interception, which was nice to see on the goal line. Made an athletic move to be able to cut the receiver off and made a nice break on the ball and picked it off. The Atlanta Falcons continue their preseason play against the Cincinnati Bengals coming up this Friday night at MBS. That's probably going to be either a 7 or a 7.30 kickoff. I would bet it's going to be a 7 o'clock kick. Um, so that's what it's looking like for the Atlanta Falcons. One preseason game in the books, two left to go. So now we're going to transition to some University of Georgia Bulldog football. And so last week I talked about Mike Bobo and the offense. This week I want to talk about the defense. And particularly the defensive line for the Georgia Bulldogs. That's like Warren Brinson. That's Tremont Walthour. That, that's Zion Loke. That's freshman Jordan Hall. Which, by the way, if you if you haven't really you know been up to date and studied this guy Jordan Hall, from those in the know at Georgia, they make it seem like Jordan Hall is going to be the next great Georgia defensive lineman. He'll fall in line with guys like guys like a Jalen Carter, like a Jordan Davis, like guys like that. It just goes to show that not only is Georgia RBU, they're tight end U. Georgia is slowly but surely becoming defensive line U. Like a lot of big time D linemen want to come to the University of Georgia and play football. From everything that I know and everything that I've read, it, from those in the know, they seem to think that this defense that Kirby Smart 
Muschamp and Schumann have assembled could be the fastest defense in the Kirby Smart era at the University of Georgia. And as a Georgia fan, that excites me because we are going to see this defense really fly around, really make plays. And to me, it all starts with the push up front with guys like Brinson, Walthour, Jordan Hall, Zion Lowe, guys like that. If those big guys can get pushed, then that's going to make things easy for two of the best inside linebackers in college football in Smile Monday and Pops Dumas Johnson, who are both nominees for the Butkus Award which is given to the nation's top linebacker. And so you think about those two linebackers along with the rest of the the good linebacking depth that Georgia has, and then you go out wide and in the secondary, and it's led by Georgia's best cover corner, Kamari Lasseter. He represented Georgia at SEC Media Days. Lasseter, to me, is Georgia's best cover corner. He's probably going to be our top ball hawk. I wouldn't be surprised if he's our leader in intercept this fall for the Dogs. He's going to cover... The other team's best playmaker, the receiver. And I, I think Lassiter's due for a huge junior year for the Dogs. He's played a lot of football. Super athletic guy, really smart, bright guy. And then you think about the two safety, the two stud safeties that Georgia has in Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks. You add all this together with the D-line, with Brinson, Walthour, Hall, Zion Logue. And then you think about Smile Munden and Pops Dumas Johnson. And then you think about Javon Board, Malachi Starks, and Kamari Lassner. Just those names right there get, should make Georgia fans very excited to see what Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann have cooking for this Georgia defense. Opposing SEC offenses, I would be very, very aware of this Georgia defense because these dogs are going to be hunting this fall. That's going to wrap it up for our Georgia Bulldog football part of the show. And so now, guys, I'm going to tell you about FanForAllSeasons.com. That's our website where you can go, where you can check out our latest episodes under the What's Now tab. You can also check out our merchandise store under the Shop Merch tab. They'll have all your Fan for All Seasons merchandise needs. Go under the Shop Merch tab on FanForAllSeasons.com, and they'll have all your Fan for All Seasons shopping needs. If you like this podcast, if you want to know more about us, you can check us out on any major podcast platform. Give us a like, give us a follow. That's Fan for All Seasons. Check us out. And now, guys, it's time to get one last word from our sponsor this week. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for myself, Jim and Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. We'll talk to you guys coming up Thursday night. See ya. Go Braves. Go Dogs. Go Falcons. Oh yeah, Braves and the Little Brother, Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, 7 o'clock. See ya.